0: Another day, another plot twist in the Seahawks staff coaching search under new head coach Mike McDonald. One offensive coordinator candidate is out, someone who got a lot of buzz this week, but the Seahawks have a defensive coordinator and he is really, really intriguing. I'll tell you about him. I'll tell you where things stand with the offensive coordinator search, why I think it's taking so long. One other name I missed on my last show that we should be paying attention to and why things may not be as they seem when it comes to that search. More intrigue with offensive coordinators, defensive coordinators, assistant coaches, and the like up next today on Seahawks Forever. Welcome to the Seahawks Forever podcast. In-depth analysis on everything Seahawks. And now, here's your host, Dan Vians. Welcome to the show, everybody. Happy Blue Friday. For all of you Seahawks fans, I uh, was supposed to have Corbin Smith of Locked On Seahawks and All Seahawks on the show today, but somebody decided to knock out a uh, a telephone pole in his neighborhood, and it took down the internet. So uh, we will reschedule that, and maybe by the time we get Corbin on the show next week, we will have more news as it pertains to the offensive coordinator search. Before we get into some of this. Hit that like button, subscribe to the YouTube channel. If you prefer audio podcasts, subscribe on any platform that you prefer. If you listen on Apple and you like the show, leave a a review. I'd really appreciate that. If you're on Spotify and you want to listen to ad-free episodes, you can subscribe for less than a dollar a month. And if you just want to support the show and or me, you can buy me a coffee or a beer, um, as many of you had, and I really appreciate that. Have Did I say had? Those links will be in the description. Let's get into this Uh, first. We'll start with this. Lots of talk this week about Chip Kelly potentially being an offensive coordinator candidate. He was in town interviewing earlier this week the UCLA head coach, former Eagles head coach, former Oregon Duck head coach, 49ers head coach, very polarizing prospect. And one of the things I was going to talk to Corbin about today was Chip Kelly, Uh, But he is no longer available. He has left UCLA as head coach to go to Ohio State and be Ryan Day's offensive coordinator. One of the most bizarre coaching moves I can remember uh, seeing anyone make in years. There are some dots to be connected here. He and Day have a long, close relationship. Day used to play for him. And Kelly's disenchantment with uh, how things are going in college football and NIL and all of those things. Uh, he has made no bones about that. Also, some discontent with UCLA and just lack of support, lack of NIL money. Uh, and then moving into the Big Ten may just see that as being, um, you know, not a rosy outlook for the Bruins moving forward. Uh, clearly, he was in contention for some offensive coordinator jobs, looked to make the jump to the NFL Uh, Interviewed in in Vegas and Washington in addition to Seattle. Um, And I I guess we'll never know if the Seahawks either told him they were going a different direction or if he just wanted to join Ryan Day at Ohio State and maybe uh, kind of embark on the next level of his resume by doing that, maybe trying to win a national championship there with Ryan Day, right? So Chip Kelly not involved. Who is? Where does that stand? We'll talk about offensive coordinator next, but first let's talk about what we do know. Because the Seahawks have a defensive coordinator. Adam Derday is uh, my understanding of the correct pronunciation. Went back and watched some some uh, tape, uh, some TV broadcast stuff of when he played in NFL Europe. He is a fascinating, fascinating case. He is uh, 44 years old. He is a, a native of... England. He was born in Middlesex, England. Matty Brown's going to be a big fan of that. Rob Staten as well has already called it a brilliant hire, as you might imagine. Um, His background is fascinating. Played in NFL Europe as a linebacker for four seasons. Uh, Wikipedia still lists him at 6'2", 240, which he clearly is not at his playing weight anymore. Uh, But then he became, uh, he got into the administrative side of things, helping to grow the game. In England, he he was the head of football development for NFL UK for four years. That program, if it sounds familiar to you, is what landed Aaron Donker, linebacker Aaron Donker, uh, with the Seahawks in 21 and 22. By the way, if you wonder what happened to Donker, he is playing currently in the CFL. And then he got into the coaching ranks in the United States, joined the Falcons under Dan Quinn in 2018. And then in 2021, Quinn hired him. As his defensive line coach, he's been there ever since. And certainly, the work that he has done there uh, with the defensive line is notable. Obviously, the work that he has done with Micah Parsons, Demarcus Lawrence, Sam Williams, some of their interior guys there, Dorrance Armstrong, young guy out of Kansas State, 18 and a half sacks the last three years. I mentioned him because uh, edge player, long free agent something to keep in mind. Uh, he was considered a defensive coordinator candidate last year in Dallas amid rumors that Quinn was potentially leaving for a head coach job. Uh, but then he stayed there and um, Dallas decided to go with a, a veteran presence this year, reportedly hiring Mike Zimmer as defensive coordinator to replace um, Dan Quinn, which created an opportunity for Durday to, uh, to take the job with Seattle. Um, it's, it's, Interesting in that his background is so varied. And, and, and again, it's another piece of evidence that John Schneider and Mike McDonald are really open-minded when it comes to putting this staff together. That they have looked uh, at coaches with varying backgrounds from varying organizations. They're not just going with old cronies. To my knowledge, there's there's no connection. There's no career connection between Mike McDonald and Adam Durday it had been rumored that joe colin the defensive line coach for the chiefs was under consideration for defensive uh, coordinator and and there was some speculation that that he was going to be that guy maybe he still will join the staff in some capacity i don't i don't know why he would leave kansas city though um and so so we'll see if joe colin is out or not Still a lot of other staff positions to be filled. We know that Carl Scott has been retained in some sort of role and Leslie Frazier as assistant head coach. So that defensive side of the staff starting to fill out a little bit. Offensively, no one, not a single hire has been reported or rumored on the offensive side of the ball. And and it makes sense because you got to start with the coordinator, right? And he might have connections. He might have ideas. And this has been... In many ways, I talked on the show yesterday about how frustrating or two days ago about how frustrating it is for us because we want to know because the offensive coordinator hire is going to give us at least some sense of the direction potentially that the team might be headed schematically, philosophy wise, maybe at the quarterback position, how that might be impacted moving forward. And then, and then it hit me as I was thinking about this last night in talking to a bunch of you and 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 a bunch of the people that that I uh, that I have constant dialogue with about this kind of stuff many of whom you've seen on the show and it seems familiar doesn't it this feels the offensive coordinator search feels exactly like the head coaching search did John Schneider is in no hurry that he wants to find the right guy, not the right guy today, that he's willing to consider everything, that he's willing to wait, and that very similarly to to where things stood at the head coaching situation, although the commanders are still very much in play and wanted Mike McDonald as well, the Seahawks are the only team in the NFL right now without an offensive coordinator at least rumored. You know, some guys haven't signed on the dotted line. Clint Kubiak is uh, apparently going to the Saints, but hasn't, you know, signed. That hasn't become official yet. Won't be until after the Super Bowl. But all those jobs are spoken for. So the Seahawks can take their time. Now, you might say, and you will, and I do too, and we have said to each other, uh, there's work to be done. So we got to get that guy in place as soon as possible. Absolutely correct. Uh, But this is, while in some aspects, you may want it to be a sprint. It's a marathon. And John's trying to build this thing long-term, build a sustainable championship team. It starts with the head coach and then the coaching staff. And I, I mentioned some guys on the show the other day that might be causing Schneider and McDonald to wait until after the Super Bowl to talk to. Uh, go back and and watch that show. I'll I'll put the link up here and, I hadn't given it a lot of thought because there weren't any obvious hot candidates outside of Kubiak on either, on either of those staffs. I mentioned, uh, you know, Chris Forrester, the offensive line coach, San Francisco may in play uh, long run game coordinator, offensive line coach. And then uh, Brian Fleury, the tight ends coach there who has gotten some interviews um, on the Kansas city side of the ball. I had mentioned that, that, Maybe Adam Gase would be looking to move out from under the shadow of Andy Reid. But there's there's still speculation that, especially if they win on Sunday, that Andy Reid might retire. In which case, I would think that uh, Adam Gase would be the heir apparent. The reason being, something I discovered in doing this research, is that uh, Brett, it's Brett Veach, right? is the GM there that he and Adam Gase uh, played at Delaware together. And uh, there's a name that I missed and it was brought to my attention by some of you on the YouTube page, on Twitter. There's a name that I missed on that Kansas City staff that also played at Delaware, has a history with Veach and Nagy and that's Joe Blameyer He's 41 years old. And I thought the name sounded familiar, not his in particular. And then it and then as I was looking into his background, saw he was from Boise, it hit me. His dad, he is the son of Gene Blameyer, who was a long time, I think he was the A D at Boise State for 20 years. And he was he was the AD there when I was living in Boise and, and they had all those great football teams there and, and the Kellen Moore years and Jared Zebranski and all that. Um, so it's, you know, football and sports is in his bloodline uh, and he has that long history with Veach and Nagy. Uh, he was hired by the chiefs in 2016 and kind of, you know, made that climb the way a lot of these guys do. He started out as a quality control coach and then he became a passing game analyst. And it, part of his job then was to do advanced scouting, like pick apart defensive schemes and. And give ideas on how to best attack them. Then he became quarterback coach. And then wide receivers. And just this last year, he was named passing game coordinator. And Andy Reid absolutely raves about this guy. And I just, I, I missed him. I overlooked him when I was, I was looking through the coaching rosters and trying to find potential candidates. But then you go, you watch interviews with this guy just his demeanor, the way he comes across, I mean, he just screams football coach. He just seems like the kind of guy that would click with Mike McDonald, very similar kind of presentation from him. Um, Really bright, really respected on that path. And, And even if Reed were to retire and Gase were to get the head coaching job, one would assume that Gase would probably call plays. And so Meyer may be open to a coordinator job where he would have some autonomy, especially working for a defensive-minded head coach that's going to, he's looking for someone to run that offense. So Blameyre to me is fascinating. So here's where I think it stands. I think it stands exactly as it did with the head coaching search, where John even made no bones about it in the introductory press conference. With Mike McDonald didn't shy away from it to try and protect his ego or anything. Said, hey, we were hoping the Lions would lose too. We were flying to Detroit to interview Ben Johnson. He was still in consideration. In fact, he might have been the favorite until they met Mike McDonald. And of course, Johnson pulled his name out. But they had interviewed guys and they they were just waiting, right? Like they loved Mike Kafka. And when Seaside Joe predicted he was going to be the guy, he wasn't far off. Because now we've seen what happened that they tried to go really hard after him. He was a guy. Brady Henderson was on Seattle Sports 710. He covers the Seahawks for the for ESPN. Yesterday, And he, he confirmed that the Seahawks really wanted Kafka, but the Giants blocked that interview and then promoted him to assistant head coach to prevent them from being able to poach him. And so Kafka was in consideration for that head coaching job. If, if the Seahawks hadn't, a, you know, Johnson pulled his name out and if, if, if it hadn't clicked with McDonald, Kafka was going to be the guy. I think that's pretty evident. But they wanted to, you know, what do, what do you tell that guy? Hey, we're still gonna work through this process. We're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna take this process all the way through. Sit tight. I think that's happening here too. I don't think Tanner Ingstrand, the passing game coordinator from Detroit, is out. And as much as I know a lot of you want it to be, because the whole thing about how I passed on some hearsay that I heard from two different sources last week secondhand knowledge that they knew that things were really moving towards grub being hired. And I was connecting those dots that, that a lot of you wanna wanna dunk. Say, I told you so, that's not going to happen. Many of you Husky fans that uh, or Bama fans actually were coming after me because they don't want to lose their guy. But in both those cases until you see a statement from Tanner Ingstrand or Dan Campbell or the Detroit Lions, until you see a statement from Ryan Grubb, not just him standing behind the podium the other day on signing day, what's he going to do? I mean, that's a tough situation to be in. You're not going to skip that press conference because you're waiting on a job offer. You're going to go do it. Many, many, many coaches have lied. About their intentions and their interests in other jobs. If I had a dollar for everyone who did, I could do this full time and do shows every day and not have to have a real job. Someone pointed out to me that every single UW assistant who has been reported to be following Kaylin DeBoer to Alabama has updated their social media their banners, their, their bio, Bama, Alabama, go, you know, roll tide, except one, and that's Ryan Grubb. I don't think that's over yet. I don't think Tanner Ingstrand's over yet. I think if the Lions wanted to be protective and they wanted to, they would, there would be something said on the record. I'm not looking for, I'm happy here. I'm staying here, which he might. Tanner Ingstrand is the succession plan in Detroit. Ben Johnson gets a job, takes a job next year. He's he's the guy. He'll get promoted to offensive coordinator there. And he may prefer that situation. But he would say something. And then Brady Henderson also said on the radio yesterday in his spot with Brock and Salk that he, it, to his knowledge, the Seahawks have interviewed many, many other candidates whose names have not surfaced. And all you need to confirm that is, have they have they been reported to interview any minority candidates yet? Not one. It's been assumed or expected that they might talk to T. Martin, the quarterback's coach who worked with McDonald in Baltimore, but no one's reported it. No one's confirmed it. They have to interview two diverse candidates to satisfy the Rooney rule. But Brady made it sound like it went far beyond that, that there are guys that, that we're just not aware of. Now, somebody else mentioned mentioned Anthony Lynn to me also. He has the assistant head coach title in San Francisco as a potential offensive coordinator. I just don't, he, he only has the one year calling plays in Detroit, and then those duties are taken away from him by Campbell. He's always been a running backs coach. He was in the mix four years ago or three years ago when the Seahawks ultimately hired Shane Waldron. Uh, He was seen then. A lot of fans didn't like that idea. He was thought of then as a guy who was kind of vanilla, uh, kind of conservative in his play calling, which is why the assumption was that's why Carroll kind of liked him. He was a run-first guy. I think the Seahawks are looking more outside the box. Look at the head coaching hire. Look at the hire of Derde today. They're looking outside the box. And I think a guy like Engstrand or Blae Meyer makes a lot more sense, or Ryan Grubb. And so I, I, I don't think we're going to hear anything until after the weekend. I think if they had wanted Chip Kelly, they would have made him an offer, and they would have he would have taken that job over Ohio State. Maybe not, because he and Day are so close. But he was clearly looking to get to the NFL and out of the college game altogether. At least now, he doesn't have to deal with all of the politics and the red tape and everything of, of the new world NCAA as a head coach. He's a little more insulated from that as a coordinator. Still has to deal with the recruiting stuff. But all the NIL stuff, that's that's Ryan Day's deal. So I don't know how quickly things will happen. After the Super Bowl, it's a different animal, Right. It's a little different than the divisional round. Teams lose, boom, the Seahawks go out, interview their guys again the next day. Especially if the Chiefs sort of win, if they want to talk to Blaymeyer. I don't know, it might take a couple of days. But I would, I would assert that by this time next week, we'll have an offensive coordinator in place. Because by this time next week, we'll know something about Geno Smith's situation. Again, on February 16th, his $12.7 million base salary gets fully guaranteed. Then there's a date in March where there's a roster bonus of about $9.5 million that has to be paid. Um, And as Brady Henderson, again, uh, going back to him, he had some great information yesterday, as he pointed out yesterday. So really the decision, we keep talking about February 16th, but really the decision on Gino has to come on the 15th. Um, So... A week from now, we should have a lot of answers. And I think once the offensive coordinator is in place, then the rest of that staff will come together, right? Because you'll have the you'll have the uh, the trio will be putting their heads together and putting that staff, um, together. In which case, um, if it's Blaymire, are we kind of are we kind of pulling for Reed to retire? Because then maybe some of the guys on that offensive coaching staff will be uh, will be available and vulnerable because. Look, people are taking jobs. Jobs are getting filled. Guys want to know where they're going to be next year. And so uh, kudos to John Schneider and Mike McDonald for being open-minded and willing to look anywhere because the easy choices, the low-hanging fruit, the guys that are just available because their staffs have just been fired and the season just ended, where it becomes a little easier to put together a staff for the first time. Those guys are snapped up. Those guys are gone. Um, and so you got to get creative and they're certainly doing that. Follow me on Twitter at Seahawks forever. Subscribe, uh, to the YouTube channel and all of the audio platforms. Uh, if there is news on the off- offensive coordinator front between now and Sunday, which again, I don't think there will be, uh, I will hop on and react to that even uh, as short as it may be until then. Uh, Have a great weekend. Enjoy the Super Bowl. Everybody, thank you for watching and listening. I am Dan Viennes. We'll talk to you again soon. Forever and always, go Hawks.